Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Welcome, welcome to the FIGHT podcast, the weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm your host, Sergio Vicente, and we have a great show for you today. Today, I'll be covering PFL 10 as well as a Dazzin boxing card in boxing in Boston. What's next for Demetrius Andrade and Devin Farmer? Remember, the Five Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente and support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe, listen, rate. Boom! Welcome, everybody. Happy Monday evening. It's almost midnight here in Chicago. It's been a beautiful day. Weather's beautiful. The uh, it feels like fall. It actually feels like fall, man. Um, I think it's supposed to be cold the rest of the week, but it is what it is. It's that time in the city. Um, we have had a great, a really, really great uh, fight couple past couple weekends. The past couple weekends in fighting um, in combat sports in general has been awesome. Starting at UFC 229. Actually, there's even a couple of events before that, but specifically <laughs> UFC 229. Then we had Bellator 207 and 208. We had Canelo getting that huge deal this past week with Dazzin. And then Dazzin goes ahead and close up the weekend with the PFL and has PFL 10 and Dazzin's big boxing card in boxing. Um, should I say the boxing card in Boston? Blah, uh, having that going. So, man. Great past couple weeks. Last month has been nasty, man. So um, with that being said, man, let me just go ahead and jump into it. I want to talk about PFL 10, the Pro Fighters League. Um, We are all set for the finals. For those of us who do not know, the PFL actually does seasons like other sports. So this is... MMA season we are currently in the play had the regular season um, where the fighters essentially got seeded from seed one to eight and now again we're in the quarterfinals the quarters and we have the semis were this past weekend in the middleweight and the welterweight tournaments at 170 in the welterweight tournament and I'm be honest with you guys if you listen to last week's episode, um, I do fight picks uh, every week for the upcoming card. Yo, 
Have to say we were 100% this past week. <laughs> Look, man, it doesn't happen often, but, uh, you know, um, it was a good week. You'd almost saw it, man. The favorites pull through. Um, let's start at 170 pounds. At 170, the KO King, the dude, Ray Cooper the third, Hawaiian's own. Uh, the PFL's number one seed, the favorite to win the tournament. First round, went ahead and competed against the MMA legend, American Jiu-Jitsu Jake Shields. They fought earlier in the tournament and Ray went ahead and actually got a first round KO. A lot of people said, hey, man, this this is a fluke. If they ran it back, it'd be totally different. Well, they ran it back. They did. And guess what happened? The exact same thing. Yo, Ray Cooper is legit, man. This dude goes out here. Not only does he have incredible KO power in both hands, he's a legitimate wrestler, man. All-American in college. This dude is the real deal and might be one of the best wrestlers in the PFL. Think about this. He went ahead and nullified Jake Shields when it comes to any of the grappling exchanges. Yo, Jake Shields beat Dan Henderson. I'm going to let you guys go. Just think about that. Dan Henderson competed in the Olympics in Greco-Roman wrestling. Has won titles. Double champ in pride. Contended multiple times in the UFC. Held a belt in strike force. We're talking about one of the greatest fighters of all time. Hendo, the man. And Jake Shields beat him. And Ray Cooper III just completely ran through him. Now, I understand MMA math. And yeah, if Ray Cooper fights um, uh, Hendo, it might not be the same. Um, and also, you know, Jake Shields is a little farther along in his career. It's a huge, like a 10-year age difference. But regardless, Ray Cooper is the man now. Now, um, after we went ahead and did work with him, he went ahead and uh, had to put some, uh, went against a tall Swede. And honestly, exact same thing. Another first round KO. He gets the people up out of there fa uh, fast and simple. So salute to him. He will be competing against Mohamed Magomedsherpov. Uh, Mohamed Magomedsherpov um, is an absolute beast super super technical um again another one of the russians man another one of the dagestanis he is somebody who has incredible grappling it should be an entertaining match for the finals in madison square garden new york city um for uh the uh what's it called Je december 31st new year's eve boom so New Year's Eve, Madison Square Garden, they will be there headlining that card. It should be incredible. All right. I'm going to go ahead and move to the other side of the tournament, um, the middleweight tournament. The semifinals was Lewis Taylor against Doomsday, John Howard. Look, I'm a fan of both of these guys. Um, Lewis Taylor, 
Chicago's very own Chicago stand up uh, went ahead and actually defeated Doomsday um, via second round Dr. Stoppage. Uh, Doomsday unfortunately was not able to continue in this match. Uh, first round was definitely dominated by um, by Lewis Taylor, but it was still a, a fight. He wasn't getting things easy. And at the same token, Doomsday always is a threat with the power that he possesses in both hands and his feet, knees, etc. So the way this fight ended up getting stopped, Lewis Taylor was on top of Doomsday. Um, they were transitioning positions. Seems like uh, Lewis Taylor caught Doomsday, which in my opinion was definitely an illegal knee. He should have had a point taken away. And um, if anything, usually when things like that happen, it's an illegal strike. It tends to go to the person that the strike was pretty much put on. But what they ended up doing, they ended up going to the judges scorecards. The first round, Lewis Taylor won that. So in turn, they gave the match to Lewis Taylor. Um, obviously, I don't want to see these type of things happen, especially when there's a million dollars on the line, man. Whoever was won this fight had to, it was going to have the opportunity to fight for a million dollars. That's nothing to sneeze at. So the fact that these gentlemen, this gentleman uh, in Doomsday wasn't able to do that because of a legal strike and was not able to continue breaks my heart for the dude. But um, he's a real monster at 185 pounds. Um, so he will hopefully be back soon. But um, with that being said, Lewis Taylor moves on to the finals also in uh, Madison Square Garden New Year's Eve. He will be fighting against who last episode was our episode 41 prospect alert. Abus um, went out there and did work. Um, after his first round performance, or should I say his quarterfinals performance, where, I'm going to be honest with you, he just did enough to win. Obviously, his opponent wasn't putting too much in terms of pressure on him. He was. It looked a lot like a sparring session. It seems like Abus and the opponent in the first round knew each other, were training partners at one point in time, and were friendly with one another. It seems like Abus didn't want to hurt him. He just wanted to win the fight. So, move on to the second round. He's in the semis. He has to go against Sweden's Saab... Oof, I'm sorry. Sadabu Sai. And Sadabu is dope, man. He's very, very long. Uh, very rangy. Solid stand-up. Uh, not that great on the ground. But, um, all in all, he's an extremely solid competitor. So... Abyss goes out here and then just absolutely puts on a show the next round. All those, the striking prowess that we spoke about in the past, it came out landing huge overhands, landing big takedowns, mixing up his striking well, fainting, you know, faking the, uh, the takedown attempt, throwing the, the hands, big leg kicks, teep to the body, then shooting in for the takedown. All in all, great performance. It did seem as if he went ahead and actually gassed a little bit, but I fully believe that Abyss will go ahead and beat Lewis Taylor um, in the finals. And honestly, I also have Ray Cooper winning as well. We don't know what's going to happen. I 100% will break this fight down the closer we get to it. But in uh, for the PFL, the PFL, man, this tournament, guys, 
Ray Seffo, everybody involved, whomever else is involved in uh, the PFL, WSOF. Um, salute to you guys, man. This is this is entertaining. And I think you're going to get more fighters that want to bet on themselves, want to look at it and say, hey, look, I can do this. These are the guys winning. You know, look at all the great welterweights that are out in the world, not taking anything away from anybody in this welterweight tournament. But Ray Cooper III, as great as I believe he is, I don't know how he stands up against the top 15 guys in the world. He's only 5'7". The bulk of the guys that you see compete at a buck 70 usually are walking around close to six feet. They're longer. And they're very, very well-rounded. And again, not saying anything against the PFL and the guys that they have in it, but I think their program is going to be attractive to really top prospects. You've seen it. We've had these conversations. When I had a conversation with Jake the Gorilla Pila um, last week, he talked about it. This is a top prospect. This is somebody who is being touted. And he says, man, that program looks really good. When you have people like that saying that, yo, this is a top, you know, a a viable option. More are going to eventually come. So I can't wait. PFL salute to you guys doing your thing. Um, I cannot wait for that event. I've been to the events that they've had. Um, I went to their last uh, show, which actually was last year was the WSOF. New Year's Eve show. I was there at Madison Square Garden. Incredibly produced card. It's it looks great. It's um it announced beautifully. I was also at the show when they were here in Chicago, the first round of the playoffs, their second show as the PFL. Again, they do a phenomenal job. So salute to you guys. Um, I cannot wait to see what they have in store next. All right, Dazin. Um, I've talked at length about the Dazzin streaming platform, uh, matchroom boxing, Eddie Hearn, and what I think he means to the sport. I think they're doing great things. Signing Canelo Alvarez to Dazzin at that 160 pound uh, uh, pound uh, limit when they already have Demetrius Sandrej, Billy Joe Saunders, even though he's going through his thing, Danny Jacobs. These are people that are already in their stable at that weight class. They can make the best possible uh, matchups. And if you guys haven't been paying attention, he is also Eddie Hearn. That is the promoter and CEO and president of Matchroom Boxing. Is trying to get my personal favorite or one of the pair of my personal favorites in Jermel Charlo, or should I say Jamal Charlo, probably trying to get both of them, but he's trying to get the the one who fights at 160 pounds, Jamal Charlo, also there. I think for Charlo, it's an amazing idea. I think he should do it. One, get your money, black man, get your money. Obviously, I want him to get paid. And it seems like they're throwing some money around over there. And I also don't know how the longevity of Showtime boxing at this point in time. We just saw HBO fizzle off in the dust. Thanos came in. They disappeared. And it seems like that Infinity Zone snap 
is about to come again, possibly for Showtime. Because it seems like these streaming platforms, ESPN Plus, Dazzin, the litany of others that are coming as well, are taking over the pay-per-view model. I think pay-per-view is a... Because let's be honest, what's better? Getting 500,000 people paying $70 a month, and I'm not going to do the math, I'm sorry, I won't. Or if you're going to go ahead and get 5 million paying 10, 15 dollars a month. I'm just saying I think business-wise in the long term it's a good idea for streaming and let's be honest, we stream everything. I use my phone for everything and most of us do. My job, my business, everything I do literally sitting at a coffee shop holding my cell phone in my hand. I stream things from my phone. I stream all fights. ESPN, everything. So look, this is what's happening. Dazzin, salute to you guys. But the fights, how did they go? I want to start off with uh, Tevin Farmer. Tevin Farmer goes out and yo, fights a tough opponent. Um, For those of us who don't know, he is a, a junior lightweight. A lot of people, he's only has in his career over 25 wins. He only has five knockouts. A lot of people look at Tevin Farmer and say, man, why? Why is he so highly touted? Well, one, he's extremely skillful. One of the most skillful guys you will see in boxing technically sound. But now he's starting to develop that power. We all forget he didn't start competing in boxing. Until he was 19 years old. Not even competing. He didn't start training until he was 19. Yo, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Most people start in combat sports at very young. 12, 13, even younger than that at times. So seeing how much time he's pretty much made up on people but he is also out here really you know he's surpassing everyone so salute to him what's next for farmer after her oh what happened yo this dude got a fifth round ko he was going in here against an opponent that was talking a lot of trash he looks great lands a beautiful combination um and yo farmer is a body snatcher Great attack to the body. Started, you know, throwing some some solid shots upstairs. Gets him out of there. Um, what's next for him? I'm going to be honest with you. I want to see Tevin Farmer fight Javante Davis. He called him out after the fight. And honestly, I think that's the best bet. So salute to him. I hope they make that happen. I hope Davis doesn't, you know... I hope this doesn't become political. Boxing is far too political and they don't allow the top matches to happen. And that's why I'm so excited about what's happening with Dazzin because everybody's under the same roof and everybody's going to be able to compete against everyone else. All right. Um, Demetrius Andrade goes out and um, gets the IBF belt, wins and um, is now the man at a buck 60 for Dazzin. Um, Boo Boo, uh, his nickname, 
is one of the best in the world. One of the best at 160 pounds. He is undefeated. He is well-rounded. He does. He's not as powerful as I, as I would like, but it doesn't matter. As skillful as he is, he's a problem for anyone in the 160-pound division. Who would I like to see him fight next? He cruises to an easy decision victory. I would like to see him fight Gennady Golovkin or Canelo Alvarez, preferably Canelo Alvarez. I think that would be an incredible match. That, honestly, I will favor Boo Boo. I would. Um, I don't think anybody in Dyson right now wants to see Danny Jacobs. I think at Dyson, Jane Jacobs is at the top of the heat. The only person that I personally want to see Danny Jacobs fight right now is Jamal Charlo. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, so Andres, they're already talking about him fighting Canelo Alvarez in January, possibly. So we'll see what happens. But I will keep you guys posted on that. So uh, moving right along. This weekend's winners and losers. Obviously, Boo Boo, Tevin Farmer, um, they... On a big platform, on Dazzin, even on a short opponent uh, win and fight for Andre, Andrej, going out there and handling business the way he did proves that he's one of the best. He is 100% one of the winners of the weekend. Tevin Farmer, fifth round KO, and people said you weren't powerful. Winner of the weekend. And as well as Abus and... Um, and Ray Cooper, Ray Cooper, the third for the PFL, in my opinion, is the one who stood out above everybody else. Two first round KOs in a tournament that has absolute killers. You beat a legend. You beat a solid guy who is up and coming and you do it in style both times. You have to say, man, he stood out. He is at this point in time, the face of um of the PFL. Unfortunately, I don't know how marketable he is. He's very, and this isn't to knock anybody. He's just not as great on the mic. Seems like he, he, he seems like he couldn't get better. Maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've heard about him, he's not as entertaining, but he's a martial artist. And honestly, we need more of that. So salute to him. Um, that was great. All right. Losers of the weekend. Unfortunately, I have to give it to the legend, Jake Shields. You're a great fighter. You're a great competitor. You're one of the best jujitsu practitioners to ever compete in MMA. Your best days might be behind you. Unfortunately, I think he would be an incredible coach. I think he would be an incredible analyst. I don't want to see this man continue getting beaten up. He's done far too much for the sport. So unfortunately, Jake Shields, bruh, it's time to rock. All right. So um, I was going to go ahead and do a Your Turn to Talk segment next, but I'm going to go ahead and save that for later on in the week. What I do want to bring up, because I want to get something off my chest. So we're going to go ahead and do hot takes. Um, and my hot take is about Connor, the notorious one, McGregor. So Connor McGregor goes out here and 
he finally discusses and he opens up about his match with Khabib. He's been extremely quiet. He's been mums the word, in my opinion. Um, but he's still been very, you know, vocal in terms of, you know, he's not crawling under a rock and hiding, which I commend. Salute to Connor for that. He's still doing his thing, hyping up the Dallas Cowboys, throwing the worst pass I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Proper 12 is everywhere. You see Proper 12 in the Bellator cage. You see Proper 12 on billboards. He is doing a phenomenal job marketing his brand and his company. I love it. But he's been quiet about, you know, the MMA, you know, what's going on in the cage. So he went ahead and finally spoke on this. And I wanted to bring this up. Thoughts on my last fight. Round one, and I'm going to read this all the way, most of it to you, it's a lot. Round one, I believe from a sports standpoint, round one was his. Top position against defense, zero position advancement or damage inflicted, but top position. From a fight standpoint, the first round is mine. Actual shots landed and willingness to engage. Straight left early. Knee to the head. On the low shot. Elbows in any and all tie-up scenarios. Opponent just holding the legs against the fence for almost the entire round. Round two. He's running away around the cage before being blessed with the right hand. That changed the course of the round and the fight. It was a nice shot. After the shot, I bounced up to engage instantly. But again, he dipped under to disengage. That is the sport. And it was a smart move that led to a dominant round. So no issue. Well played. If I stayed switch on and give his stand up even a little more respect, that right hand never gets close. And we're talking completely different right now. I give his upright fight no respect in preparation. No specific stand-up spars whatsoever. Attacking grapplers slash wrestlers only. That won't happen again. I also give my attacking grappling no respect to defense to defense-minded lessons. Listen to nobody but yourself on your skill set. You are the master of your own universe. I am the master of this. I must take my own advice. Round three. After the worst round of my fighting career, I come back and win this round. Again. Walking forward, walking him down, and willing to engage. Round four. My recovery was not where it could have been here. This is my fault. Although winning the early exchanges in four... He dips under again and I end up in a bad position with over three on the clock. I work to regain position and end up upright with my back to the fence, a stable position. However, here, however, I made a critical error of abandoning my overhooks at this crucial time, exposing the back and I ended up beaten fair and square. What can I say? It was a great fight and it was my pleasure. I'll be back with confidence high, fully prepared. 
If it's not the rematch right away, no problem. I will face the next in line. It's all me always anyway. See you soon, my fight fans. I love you all. All right. So that was directly from Conor McGregor. I'm going to take the positives out of this first before I really get into it and really get into my hot takes. Being transparent in the fact that you felt that you weren't conditioned. Okay. I give him that. Saying that he will fight anybody and everybody. I give you that. Trying to be objective about your fight, trying, I guess. I can give him credit for that. But that's it. That's totally it. Yo, this is weak. This is weak. And all I can say is, man, F out of here, okay? Conor McGregor, get the F out of here with this. Yo, you're going to come out here and all I heard in this and honestly, I know there's so many Conor McGregor stands out here. And if I just pissed you guys off, sorry. I'm so sorry, but I'm just being real. I am a huge Conor McGregor fan when he is competing and he is whooping ass. I love it. I love the bravado. I love, I love what he was doing before this fight. Not before the buildup, but before this post. He's still being in a public eye. He's talking. He's he's bright. I, I love that. You're not going away. You're not disappearing. You're not going under a rock and hiding. You're right here for all of us to see. I respect that. But this, this right here, yo, this is trash, son. Like you're going to go out here and check this out. He did not. And I'm going to go bit by bit. Conor McGurk goes out there and discredits and discounts everything that Khabib did. Establishing a diamond position, and here's the thing, we're not boxing people. For those of us, oh, he laid on him and hugged him. This is mixed martial arts. We all have specific skill sets. Who has the best one? If you cannot beat that person's skill set, it is up to you to stop them and implement your game plan. So if we're talking about a fight, no. Khabib won not just the sport, he won the fight in that round. Because what did he do? Let's be honest, think about it. Not only did he establish position, but he proved not only to everyone watching, he proved to Conor McGregor that, look, I can hold you here. Whenever I want to, that's a win for Khabib. I tied you up. I can control you for anybody who has actually competed for anybody that has actually been on the ground with somebody on top and you can't move. You understand how debilitating that is. To have a building on top of you like that, son, you lost that fight. Moving on to the next point that he was talking about. All right. You completely discredit Khabib's stand-up. Khabib competes at the American Kickboxing Academy. He is trained there for the better part of a decade. 
is he as proficient as striking as Conor McGregor is? Absolutely not. I would never say that. But to completely discount this man and then say, under your own admission, you gave him no respect proves that you're not a champion. Champions do not discount any aspect of anybody's game. Prime example, Daniel Cormier just came out and released a tweet talking about DC, um, um, what's his name? Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis recently went out and said, I think DC took this fight because he thinks this is an easy fight. Daniel Cormier responded and said, easy fight? I know I have my hands full with this fight. You are 9-1 and one in your last 10. You have the knockout power to knock out any man on the planet. I am taking this seriously. That's a champion. But to sit there and say, ah, I just knew I was better. And then go down the list. Let's talk more about his excuses. I wasn't as, you know, in shape as I should have been. You haven't competed in MMA in over two years, fam. What else were you doing? You say you're about this sport. You say you're a martial artist. I'm always in shape. Look at me. Championship weight. Always in shape. Specimen. Blah. Everything he says. But then why are you always gassing out? Instead of, let's be honest. Why did he gas out? He gassed out because of Khabib. Go back and look at any of Khabib's matches. Any of them. Every opponent after the fight looks exactly like Conor did when Conor sat there on the ground looking up Khabib like, what are you? What are you made of? They're exhausted. Look at Ally Quinta, who did the best. Look at Edson Barbosa. Look at Michael Johnson. Look at all of these guys that have competed against Khabib. They look just like that. So don't blame it on your preparation. Blame it on Khabib. Blame it on the man that actually did it. That's weak. That's total weakness by Connor right there. And I know you have a fan base. I know you have an image to uphold. But that's trash, fam. And I'm going to keep on going because this really pissed me off because look, I, when Connor is, I'm a fan. I am a fan of Connor McGregor. And when I see this, this is trash, yo. So I'm going to have a couple more things. Again, didn't credit anything that Khabib did. He claims he won the third round. I've watched it a number of times. No, not really. Could be let you do whatever he wanted. To say that he disengaged, he went up under, which he kept on saying. He went up under, he dipped, he, instead of, you know, moving forward and engaging. Martial arts is not about standing in the middle and punching each other in the face. We're not rock'em sock'em robots. Because let's be honest, if that was the case, Conor McGregor wouldn't have his wonderful movement as he currently does. Conor McGregor has beautiful movement when it comes to in and out. He has beautiful movement laterally. 
Khabib's beautiful movement comes from up and down. Explosive in, explosive out. So they both have beautiful movement, but in different ways. One's grappling prevalent. The other one is, uh, is, 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 uh, is striking. So don't discount another man just to make your point. That's weakness. That's trash. In my last thought about this little take, right? Is this to say about Connor? You go out here and talk everything that Khabib did and what you could have done. And, but he did not speak on in this all the times that he cheated during this match. There was a point in time in that second round where Khabib was in a dominant position, moving to a north-south choke, continue putting ground to pound. Conor McGregor was stuck. He couldn't move. And what did he do? He threw an illegal knee from the bottom to Khabib's head, made contact hard. Didn't make a difference, Khabib. That's an illegal strike. You're cheating because you panicked. How about when he grabbed the fence consistently throughout? How about when he continued grabbing inside Khabib's gloves so Khabib couldn't move his hand? We can say that's gamesmanship. We can say that's all part of the game. But don't sit there and say all this soliloquy of nonsense when you're not going to actually give an accurate depiction of what actually happened in the match. You quit. He quit in the match. He was completely dominated. And at the end of the day, as much respect as I had for Conor and what he's doing, he's losing respect by the day. I need to see Conor get back in there winning and being a humble dude. Because let's be honest, this does not last if you do not continue winning. Ask Ronda Rousey. So look, that's it, man. That's my hot take. It's, I think what Connor did is super trash. He needs to salute Khabib for doing work, beating him, being the better man that day, getting back to, you know, getting back to what he has to do, training his butt off, and fighting whoever he has to fight to hopefully fight Khabib again. But that's all I got for today, man. That That's it. Um, Yeah, man. We still have to come. This week, we have more. Um, we have a couple beautiful interviews. I think you guys are really going to enjoy. We have fight news uh, later on this week as well, as well as this week's prospect alerts and much, much more to come. This is Serge Vicente, and that's my show for today, man. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 42 of The Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch today. Thank you again all for listening. I will see you next time right here on The Fight Podcast. Peace out.